Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This podcast has been edited with a correction about what is known about Omar Rudberg's orientation. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm Andrew Steyer. I'm Eric Martinez. And today we're going to be discussing Young Royals. Woo! Now, before we do that, I think another great purpose of this podcast is to give people an insight into actual gay people uh, for any of our straight listeners. So, Eric, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> what's the gayest thing you've done this week? I love how I'm going first. <laughs> the gayest thing that I've done this week, and I'm so intrigued for what your answer is going to be because I feel like we're about to have different answers. But I was really thinking about it, and I think the gayest thing I've done this week is yesterday. <laughs> I don't know why this felt so gay to me, but I went to a coffee shop, I bought myself a little coffee, and I sat by a window, and I read my book, and sipped my coffee, and I listened to really sad music, and I journaled, and I stared out the window, and... Oh my god. Like, that doesn't... That's not gay at all, but to me, like, when I do that, I feel like I'm really getting in touch with my gayness and my queerness for some reason. I guess getting in touch with my emotions is that that to me. Yeah, no, it's very artistic, which I feel like is very gay chic. It sounds... But also, you are setting the scene for, like, the start of a beautiful romance. Like, oh my god, I want to read how this story ends. I want to, like, see Prince Charming walk in and some folly of errors. He has to sit with you at the coffee shop because there's no other tables always. left. And Always, always. There's something that's, to me, so gay about staring out a window and, like, <laughs> and thinking about something. There's this comedian that I really love, Drew Anderson. He's an incredible comedian on Twitter. But he has this tweet that's like, he tweeted once where his grandmother was like, his grandmother said to him, I knew you were gay when you were five years old and you were staring out of windows constantly. And it's so funny. And I think it's true. I think gay people stare out windows. <laughs> this feels borderline homophobic, but I'm here for it. It's not. It's not. Welcome to the rainbow room. It's not. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I stare out windows. That's <laughs> that wasn't when next I knew I was you, gay, though. <laughs> next time you stare out a window, clock it. You're gonna be like, "This is gay." <laughs> um, um, that's me. What about you, Andrew? All right, so I already I already warned Eric that I have a great answer for this question. <laughs> uh, okay, so I just moved to LA from Texas. And on my first night in LA, I went to a circuit party. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm still learning myself, like, what exactly a circuit party is. And basically, it's like a pop-up club night at a venue that's not normally a gay bar, or it's, like, not a gay bar every weekend, but they have an event at this location, and they sell drinks. And it's usually, a like, really expensive cover. Lots of shirtless people. People wear harnesses. Like, that's a very circuit thing to do. And oftentimes the music is just kind of rhythmic music that you can dance to. And it's not really the vibe is not people singing on the dance floor and throwing off their shoes. It's very much just get in the zone. Um, And so I'm in LA and I see someone who looks like SNL's Bowen Yang. And I'm like, well, no, there's no way he lives in New York, right? And then what? So I was like, not sure. And then I saw someone 
someone who looked like Joel Kim Booster, who is another famous queer Asian comedian. And I was like, okay, the the coincidences of two people that look exactly like comedians, like famous comedians just being together is nil. This has to be them. And so at this point, I'm like four drinks in, so I'm feeling pretty bold. So also, all three of us are shirtless. I literally just I literally just go up to them. I put my arms around them and I say oh my gosh. <laughs> I say, am I just casually standing next to two comedy gods right now? Eric's was plugging his ears. Yes! I, okay, and that's oh, the thing, like even God. though I knew it was them, I was not prepared. So their reaction is like, oh stop, like come on, where <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, even though I went in with the expectation that it was them, I was freaking out. I was just like, I cannot process this right now. And Bone was like, you're on drugs. You're in a K-hole. You're just imagining this. (laughs) (laughs) I was not on drugs. And I introduced myself to each of them. And I was like, I'm Andrew. They shook my hands. Bowen said, Bowen. I was like, ah, so now I'm on first uh, name basis with Bowen and I asked them I was like can I buy y'all a drink? They very politely declined. But uh, Bowen at least made it sound like he like was would have considered it. He's like oh, actually I think I'm good right now and uh, then I said alright well y'all have a great night uh, I'm gonna go cry now. <laughs> <laughs> you said that? <laughs> that's, literally, that's literally what I said. <laughs> I was so nervous this was gonna be like not them and we were about to get in a whole other situation <laughs> oh my god no that, that's, that's why so i was like funny. so nervous i was like this this really has to be them before i like say anything right 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 right, right. oh that's sweet but no Welcome he was su- la i know and he was super cool too like what a great joke to make Ugh, it just mm-hmm. bowen is so snl has not had that many gay cast members do you think it would be more but bowen's like the third or second it's and the representation he's giving us on like such a huge platform is amazing so he really is a huge inspiration for me yeah so yeah (laughs) oh that's a sweet night that's so gay (laughs) (laughs) yes see that's gay that's gay it's gayer than staring out a window (laughs) yeah Okay, so let's talk about the context of when Young Royals came out. So it came out in 2021. We are recording in 2022, so this is just last year. The show takes place in Sweden. It takes place in a fictional elite boarding school called Hillerska. That's in Sweden. I do not know much about what gay Sweden is like right now. Have you been to Sweden, Eric? Never in my life. Never in my life. Me neither. But according to IGLTA.org, shout out, Sweden is one of the most welcoming and affirming countries for LGBTQ plus people. They decriminalized LGBTQ plus identity more than 75 years ago and have enjoyed marriage equality for over a decade. Oh my gosh, wait, over a decade, longer than us. Play. <laughs> go Sweden. That's wild. Go Sweden. <laughs> yeah, and for anyone listening in from the far distant future, um, I can tell you that 2022 is, a, you know, pretty good year for gays. People are getting it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like as just as time continues to move on, more and more people are understanding it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. How how do you feel? Do you feel at least for? I guess we can talk more specifically for gay men that in 2022 were. 
close to where we want to be or at where we want to be? Is there still a lot of discrimination happening? I feel like the one thing that has come up that I am looking at and I'm thinking, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like the whole pride campaign thing that's been like circulating, Mm. like we're going to see it again this coming June. But like generally last year, I had a lot of friends who like did work in like, like I have friends who work in like advertising and stuff and they were observing their company going through like a pride campaign. Or at least I have this friend who works in graphic design, graphic design. And it's just interesting to hear that it is like such a big thing that corporations and companies are moving through. And it feels like them trying to grapple with the times. And I, I, I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm not sure. That feels like the one qualm I have in terms of like taking a few steps back. Otherwise, I feel like generally we're doing great. Yeah, there's a really interesting line between supporting and being a great ally for LGBT people and doing something that's more performative for your own personal gain as a company, like trying to display your gay people in a show of, look, we're we're good. Uh, no one wants yeah. to feel like a prop. I, I think in another similar vein, especially with corporations, there's this term, rainbow commercialization. Yeah. That basically is how companies will sell pride merch and market it to gay people. And sometimes the way it's marketed or what they're selling kind of just betrays a lack of understanding of what we want or what we care about and it's this really disconcerting feeling where oh you don't actually care about gay people you just want our money and i feel like that's become a widespread opinion especially during pride month when everyone's trying to get the gay dollar basically and i i personally love pride merc i am a sucker for anything that has a rainbow on it But Mm -hmm. I think you bring up a really good point. Like that is probably one of the poignant issues of kind of gay rights right now of yeah are they getting it right that's why the high gay video is so hilarious (laughs) I cannot wait for that to circle back around this year. What would you say is the was the reception of Young Royals? People loved this show. Like all my friends who I had so many friends who texted me and would say, "Eric, watch the show. Watch the show." Whoa, people were texting um, you. Well, I just had a lot of friends who, yeah, they generally like TV, and so many people were like recommending this show to me. They're like, "I want to hear your thoughts. It's a really quick show. You can get through it in like a day or two. Um, so like in terms of like my inner circle, people loved it and binged it like overnight. And wow. I. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't generally hear anything super negative about it. I would say, like, the, I would say the only thing I felt that I heard was negative was just people saying it was like cheesy or like very teen drama, which is like that's the genre it was written within. So <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. doing its job. That is really cool that it was so popular that people were literally texting you, be like, "Hey, watch this show." That is awesome. Yeah, they're like, "Gay person, watch this." <laughs> I, I almost feel insulted because not a single person texted me to watch this show. <laughs> Get better friends, Andrew. You gotta. I'll text you. <laughs> you know, yes, please do. <laughs> I never heard of the show until I started doing these TikToks about gay media and multiple people recommended the show for me. So I was like, okay, I'll check this out. So that's when I first heard about the show. But I agree. I feel like public opinion is generally extremely positive about this show. People are really excited yeah. about it. I think people are really obsessed with the idea of like a romance within like the like royal family romance or like uh like an enemies to lovers trope like people really love like there's this book out i don't know if you ever read it red white and royal blue yes i was about to say oh have you read have you read 
I'm in the middle of reading it right now. If I didn't tell Wait! the book- Okay, we're going to do an episode on that book. I'm oh, telling that now because there's so much I'm excited to talk about. But yeah, people, uh, there's definitely parallels between this show and Red, White, and Royal Blue. And I feel like this show got really popular because that book came out around in like 2019 and people, like it got really popular and I think like it got really popular on TikTok. So then I think like the book TikTok world like heard about this show and then like really promoted this show and then it just got spread wide out around and so interesting yeah, i think people people are love are obsessed with like gay royal stories <laughs> also a, a fun fact that may have helped is uh so i found this out since love simon is not or sorry love victor is not on netflix if you search love victor on netflix young royals comes up <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious what else comes up i have to know <laughs> But yeah, I, I think this has a really great reception and I, I'm really excited to watch it. Okay, yeah. Me too. I'm excited. At this point, Eric and I rewatched the first episode of Young Royals. Prince Wilhelm fights someone at a bar and is forced to issue a public apology and enroll in a boarding school. There, he is greeted by his popular cousin August and a choir featuring Simone, a lower class student with a beautiful voice. August organizes an initiation party for Wilhelm and tells Simone he can come if he gets them alcohol. After having a class together, Wilhelm introduces himself to Simone at lunch and compliments him for points he made during the class. August calls Wilhelm away to, quote, save him. There's also a side plot with some horse girls, but we don't get into that. Simone gets alcohol from his estranged father, and we find all our characters together in one climactic wild party. And we're back! Woohoo! Hey. Oh my god, that was so good. I uh, I give this a glowing review. I see what all the hype is about, for sure. You loved the music, which the music was really good. Yeah, I was surprised, because I've watched this once before, this first episode once before, but I, this time I like really picked up on like, oh, the music is good. Mm-hmm. What did you love about this show? Um, or hate about it? Just very well done. It felt very cinematic. Lots of film choices were made that I don't normally see in TV that I really enjoyed. Oh, name one name one uh the very beginning when wilhelm is giving the apology they just freeze on the family and they slow zoom on him as he's starting to tell this apology and it was so like film brain was like kicking in i was like this is a movie this isn't a tv show yeah one of the other things i like about this is just great pacing the pacing of this show is fantastic yeah there's a clear setup you can see kind of where everything is going and it has a lot of depth yeah i feel like there's for a show that has been marketed for being about a gay story, they really take their time with diving into said gay story and they really just do a lot of exposition up top. And like, they don't feel, it doesn't feel like, it's not like the first frame is the the prince being like, I'm gay. It's just like, it's, <laughs> and I don't even think the prince says that he's gay in this first episode, so she doesn't even realize it. It's just like a very much a slow burn, but like we learn so much about this world and it's, yeah, it's very, I, I agree with your point about it being well-paced. And I, I think your point about the how it's not just about the gayness is I think one of my favorite things about this is because gay people aren't should not just be reduced to a one-dimensional facet where the only thing about them is that they are gay they 
live these like rich lives. And I think the fact that that's what makes these people feel so real. And it feels like such a great, like, oh, this feels like this could be an actual gay person that I've met, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. Ah! I feel that this is so authentic. Like the, the connection felt authentic. The romance felt authentic, which was really cool. And I feel like something that sometimes is missing in a lot of gay media. It just felt very natural the way that they are coming together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Incredibly good chemistry between the two main actors and I think I feel like there was an authenticity that came from them being the actual age of the characters being played like yes there may be like a slight bit older but in the IMDB the casting directors were really trying to get actors close to the actual ages of the characters being played and I feel like there's just such a youthful there's a youthful energy between the two actors that they share together and it's it really tells the story nicely. It's nice. Yeah, and oh, they're incredible actors. The acting feels very authentic. Yeah, honestly. I want to talk about the the premise a little bit. Uh, just kind of the setup of having a main character who is so, like, has such high status. And I think one, one complaint that I sometimes have about gay media is it seems that all the characters are are so privileged in so many ways. And so you see that obviously again with this protagonist, but I think it doesn't bother me because the romantic interest is the total opposite of privilege. So it really mm -hmm. feels like this Romeo Juliet situation, which works really well for the show. I also think, and this might be one of the reasons kind of these royal gay premises work really well is for something to be set in modern day, which this seemed like it could be set in modern day. It really has to, especially if you're in a region like Sweden, which is apparently so gay friendly and accepting you have to have a reason for the character to not just be openly gay if you want that to be part of your plot line if you want it, there to be some tension of, of someone having to hide part of their identity and so it makes sense that Wilhelm even though Prince Wilhelm even though he is living in this progressive country is still like I think even today and this is actually an interesting point about where gay rights are today is that in even in 2022 it's a very if you're in politics if you're in the public eye you really have to be careful and choosy about if you're open with your sexuality or not the consequences are are just so much greater because you will lose support of swaths of the nation still today yeah i feel like this is kind of the first media i've seen i haven't really seen like a royal gay show i don't know if i know of really like because i feel like this really touches on the idea of like royalty and our biggest example of royalty is like the queen herself of England and like that <laughs> royal family. And so like for us to get like that lens, but getting a queer lens of it is really nice. And I think that helps add to the depth too, because there is so much to talk about with this protagonist because he is in such a environment that's interesting on its own. And I think that's part of what would make the show like very accessible for straight people too, is even mm -hmm. if you don't care about the gay romance, there's just so much interest to be had in kind of seeing a window into this different type of life that none of us get to live. Right. And I feel like I like that the show is tackling it and they're making, they're just doing a good job of being self-aware about the topics that they're tackling. Like how there's that scene in the classroom where basically Simone is going on and on about like welfare between like poor and rich people and like the whole uh, language he uses of how for rich people, it's like this specific phrase, but for poor people, it's welfare. For rich people, it's deductions. For poor people, it's welfare. 
care. Yeah, it's like, why do rich people get to cheat and it be okay? Where when poor people do it, it's an absolutely horrible thing. And it's look, it's they're referred to as scum. And it just is, it like, yes, we have the protagonist at the center and he's realizing sort of like the rigid structure that he's existing within in this royal family. And it's nice that he, I guess it's nice that he's finding his way out of that structure by realizing his own sexuality. That's kind of cool. It's interesting. Yeah. One thing that is really fascinating about this show is the classism is so over the top. And I don't know how authentic that is to Sweden, Swedish boarding schools. But I will say because this takes place in a fictional school, they do have a lot of license to kind of make it as segregated as they want. Because really any microcosm like that, especially a boarding school, can have any culture that they want. And what this show does well that I feel like Love Simon lacks is that it's pretty consistent, it feels like. It's not like the school is weirdly accepting in some ways and not in others. It's like there's a very clear classism that is just rampant through the entire school. Having such an over-the-top classism gives this really nice is what part is part of what helps give this really nice clear setup. You have this very clear, no one is confused, everything is very and it's part of what helps the show move quickly too, is you kind of uh, establish this truth that we accept as part of the premise and then everything flows from that, which I think is a, a an interesting thing to notice about the writing. So I'd like to talk about some of the moments that may have felt specifically like resonated with me as a gay person watching this. And the the very first one is just kind of how Prince Wilhelm has to like listen to the guys around him say weird or sexist comments about girls or just the constant mention of girls and like being with girls, which was uh, at this point in the episode, you don't know where he is at with his own knowledge of his sexuality. Um, but it since you do know it's about a gay person, it's interesting to like see him deal with that. Yeah, I'm intrigued if when this show first came out, like how many people watched it without really knowing what it was about? Like, I guess the whole marketing, they market it as like being a gay story. So I guess people were watching it and they knew that. But was there anyone that didn't know at all? Like you could very easily get really far, like not, you know, you could get decently far into the show without realizing it's going to be a gay love story. Yeah. Until, until my favorite part of the entire show which is where you where Prince Wilhelm first meets Simone. Also cool that this is our second episode in a row with a gay character named Simon. But uh, Simone, because yeah. it's Swedish. Um, but it's just such a, it feel, oh, my heart melts. So Simone is singing and... Oh my gosh, Prin- absolutely sounding off in choir. <laughs> like, you have this gorgeous choir, and then Simone is, like, soloing and, like, absolutely sounding off, sounding like a pop diva. Yeah, yeah not sounding Sounding off key, sounding off in a good way. Sounding off, like, go, go off queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he has this beautiful voice, and you see Prince Wilhelm just watching him, and it's, like, clear that he's fixated, and then this slow smile, like, spreads across his face, and it just felt so... It felt so real, it felt so genuine and lovely, and, like, the show won me over from that point. I was like, I like this show. This has my gay stamp of approval. I don't need to see the rest of it. I, I obviously continued watching the rest of the episode, but that one was, that's that's when I knew we were in for a good ride. Yeah, I thought it was, 
And I thought it was a good introduction of Simone's character because it was very much his character being really bold, really brave, doing a lot of things for himself, singing that solo in that moment. It just it just showed that like even though Simone's character has his own things to grow, grow through, like he has like growing through like being the poor student at this like elite boarding school like he still is like bold and he's daring and he goes after what he wants and like he's not afraid to like talk back like i don't know simone simone's introduction was so cool i really liked it a lot yeah just a pile more love on simone i also feel like part of what makes the coming together of these characters believable is that they make it clear in the first episode that simone has a, a, i don't know if he, they don't say how openly he is about being gay but he does know he's gay and he's accepted that because in a conversation with his father he's um his father mentions what it was like when he's like i remember what it was like to to go after a girl and simone is like i'm gay dad and i really like that it establishes early on okay simone is a character who knows he's gay and isn't really afraid of that truth about him and i think that's what makes kind of how how quickly this connection between simone and prince philip seems to build feels more realistic because if they were both extremely closeted i think in those cases when those two characters come together it feels less believable to me so it's almost i think you kind of have to have one that is a little more accepting of themselves before anything can really happen right yeah and i felt like him just saying that he's gay to his father and his father just rolling with the punches is an homage to how accepting sweden is generally that's a really good point i really like how subtle so many of the moments are that you understand that prince wilhelm is interested in simone with just these really subtle like looks and when uh, simone is giving his uh witty remark in the class about deduction versus welfare and you see prince wilhelm like look at simone and there's just it's those looks it's those really subtle things and i feel like in gay media we often don't get that things are they're like really over the top it's like oh we really need to make sure the audience knows this character is gay and so i feel like we get a lot more like very explicit like showmanship of like oh this person is gay or it's a weirder like almost comical way or like oh this oops something's happening like a maybe like either comedy or kind of this juicy secret whereas this felt more like what you would see when watching a, a straight romance like very twilight in terms of just the messaging sent with like the subtle glances and you being able to pick up on that and that the writers trusted the audience to be able to pick up on that without having to be so heavy is something I really appreciated and I think is rare. Yeah, they really nailed down the whole gay gaze, like how it's all about, like you walk into a room and you make eye contact with another gay person and there's just that connection there and they did it so cinematically and subtly in the show. I feel like when you make eye contact with another gay person, even if you don't know them personally, like you just know like, oh, this was a look of like, this was a look of recognition towards each other. Like we see each other in this space together and And if you happen to be looking at each other through a window then it's then it's double gay the gayest (laughs) thing you've ever heard actually (laughs) it makes the news Um, yeah yeah, (laughs) headlines i i feel like well yes like straight people slash heterosexual people like they can look at each other and like there'd be like romantic gays there but obviously there's something different about gay people when they look at each other i don't know it's I really noticed it in this show, and they did a, a lovely job of illustrating that. I want to talk about the scene that comes immediately after Simone talking about welfare. Prince Wilhelm 
Realm decides to sit next to Simone during lunch. And it's Ooh. they've done such a good job of establishing the classism of the school and building the tension of like, oh, could this be a budding romance? That it really, when you see him sit next to him, you're like, oh, you're like excited to see it. Like, oh my God, he's sitting next to him, yeah. which is which is really cool and kind of yeah. makes your heart melt a little. Yeah. Oh my God. I almost forgot to mention this couple is cute. They're a cute couple. Oh, absolutely. They look stunning together. Yeah. And that's one thing I really like about it too, because it's not like they didn't, as you said, these are characters playing close to their age. So they didn't get like 26 year old models and be like, all right, play high school students. So like they feel realistically attractive. And also they feel like they're on the same level of attractiveness to me which I really like because I feel like sometimes you you see these gay pairings where it's like, I don't know if those gay men would actually get together in real life, but this couple's very believable and they look so cute together. And that that is something I really appreciate about the show. Oh, that was another thing I saw in my little research realm is that this show got, um, people really liked that this show showcased these actors with like acne and blemishes and that they mm. weren't like stunning porcelain skinned people with like perfect baby faces. Like they just show a lot of like, they show a lot of blemishes, they show a lot of imperfections, which was a, a good thing on their part. And now I want to talk about the ending of this show, uh, of this episode, mm. which, ah! it's also it's so what i love about it is it's so believable so the they're at this party together and prince wilhelm comes up to simone and like talks to him and you're already like ooh. and then simone just says i have to go and leaves and prince wilhelm is like can i come with you and so they go outside together and they're just like sitting and talking and then prince wilhelm's like buddies his cousin august comes looking for him and because of this classism he can't be caught with simone which is really sad and so they're having to hide and it's just like this really because they're like ducking down they're all they're close to each other and so it feels like a it feels like a pretty organic way for them to get this close and i feel like a lot of stuff about the show feels really organic which i really like and i just i feel like i've seen gay romance after gay romance where i just don't believe it i don't believe that this would happen and and it's kind of like the devil's in the details and that's like that's usually the thing for me that i look for that kind of makes or breaks whether i believe like the people who wrote it actually understood what it's like to be gay especially what it's like to be gay and somewhat closeted and you see a lot of these unrealistic relationships happen where it's like the so many stars would have to align for this these people to get together if they're both that closeted that this doesn't feel believable but in this show everything felt very organic i really believed that these characters could come together like this and they don't show what happens at the end but they lock eyes and it looks like they're about to kiss which is awesome wilhelm takes a deep breath at the in the very last frame and it looks like he's going in for a kiss and what how would you have reacted had they shown a kiss do you think like it's better that they didn't give us a kiss in the first episode or no Mm, i don't know i will say in terms of just like tv writing it's really good writing because it leaves you on enough of a cliffhanger that i wanted to watch the second episode like i want to start watching to see like did they kiss but i i kind of like not showing it 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 feels very sweet like you can kind of imagine it how you would want to in a way mm-hmm. and it really something about it as, as especially not ending on the kiss because i feel like if you saw the kiss you'd kind of like want it to last a bit like to really appreciate the moment um right, yeah. and that kind of would have dragged at that point because it's like oh we're gonna watch you kiss for three minutes and then the episode ends you know mm-hmm. so this felt like a sharper ending 
Right, got it. Oh, the line where he, where Prince Wilhelm like looks at Simone and says, "I could tell you were singing from your heart." I was like, "Oh, make my oh, heart melt." And and then it like shifts very naturally into Prince Wilhelm asking Simone, "Are you happy here?" Which is just such a like an, an inviting question to be vulnerable. And they have yeah. like, and so they they go for, right from this sweet moment to this like very vulnerable moment of like getting real. And it's just oh, it ticks all my boxes of romance. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> It makes me want love. Makes me want love! (laughs) I love that the siren agrees. And I did agree. So let's talk briefly about who was involved in the show, because this is actually really interesting. Sound off. So first of all, Prince Wilhelm is played by Edvin Riding, who, quote, has yet to address his sexuality. So we actually don't know if he's gay or not. Um, He's a coward! (laughs) (laughs) what i will say though is that he's very believable so if he is straight like good job king and you looked up omar right i looked up omar omar is not a homosexual individual does not identify as a gay man and that's okay you know he's really good at playing a tender a tender soft boy and i really believed it on his part omar being the name of the actor who plays simone we support straight people here love is love <laughs> we really support straight people and we uplift their voices <laughs> constantly. <laughs> All right, here's the correction. So what had happened was Styles' rant states that Omar, quote, is not gay in real life, unquote. But a viewer reached out to us to key us into the fact that that wasn't the full story. Later in the same article, they do mention that Omar says he likes both boys and girls. And in a interview sent to us by this viewer, Omar states that he sees himself as a, quote, open book, unquote, as it relates to sexuality. So tell us about the writer's room. And oh, okay. Okay, so... Normally, I am like a big proponent of like, oh, I would be really nice to have a gay man in the writer's room for gay stories. And I think that is really important. But this show is so interesting because, so first of all, the main writer is Lisa Amjorn. And I looked at her profile. She just seems really cool. And then there's four other or three other writers. Um, Lisa writes for every episode. And then these other three writers write for some of the other episodes. Sophie Forsman, Pia Gradville, Toe Forsman, all women. And then the directors, Raja Sikrizos and Erica Kalmeyer are also women. It is an all-female team of, of writers and directors, which is so cool and so rare in television and like such a cool, fantastic, inspiring thing. And I'm like, I'm so excited about the fact that this team of women delivered such a kick-ass piece of media that I am like totally not phased by the fact that there are no gay men in the in the writer's room or, or in the director's room. I mean, that just generally, if since there are no gay men in the writer's room, it's like you would want... You would want, I guess I do trust women to tell the story of gay men more than I trust straight women or straight men. Um, for some reason, that makes sense in my brain, I guess, just because of how much gay men love women. Yeah, I mean, it's very feasible to believe that these women probably, whether they had a hired person that they consulted or just like actually have talked with and befriended enough gay men, like they seemed to, to get it. And I think also part of what makes that okay is that they really are not writing a story about the gay community. It is about two gay people that are in a very straight world and they may have made more missteps if they were trying to represent an entire community of people. 
That being said, though, the fact that these two characters do still feel extremely authentic is really, really cool. So they either did their research or <laughs> guessed really well. Uh, but yeah, I think or, they probably yeah. just just knew and talked to the right people. Yeah, or maybe even some of those female filmmakers were like gay themselves, which is also really cool to think about. Oh, I mean, this show is just so good. And, and I cannot wait to see the other episodes because I haven't watched the rest of the episodes yet. And so I really hope that it can continues to deliver this level <laughs> i really hope it continues to deliver this level of quality well i think it does as someone who's watched only the first three episodes i feel like <laughs> it probably goes off and it delivers a lot of quality it's really highly regarded yeah yeah it, it stays consistent in that way i think the show has become my gold standard for gay media of of a show that really got it right and told a really great story great writing great authenticity. And I think this will be my benchmark for um, when I watch other pieces of gay media now, like how well does it compare to how well this episode did? My closing thoughts are exactly the same as yours. Seems authentic. Seems really well done. So much so to where I don't care whether or not it was written by a gay person. I just think that they told a good story. And that is filmmaking at its core. Boom! (laughs) Boom!